Hello world, my name is Hannah and this is my world where I am going to be humble, open, and transparent about my journey as the wife, the mom, and the boss. Hello world and welcome back. So today, tonight, (laughs) I want to um, get real. And I know I get real with you guys all the time and I say stuff like I start off the podcast uh, with I'm going to be really open or transparent in this moment but like no for real seriously uh this is real talk that I want to discuss with you guys today and it's because um recently uh there was an event with one of my friends and it really um it was a trigger for me because um I remember uh or I went through a similar ordeal and so that's why it was a trigger because it was like wow it brought back um some memories for me Um, But at least because I had gone through something similar, I was able to be there, you know, for my friends to relate and to empathize uh, with the situation. But it also uh, brought me to a place where I want to encourage and to uh, just have a conversation with you guys about not feeling or thinking that you're alone or that you have to do things alone. Like, seriously, uh, we were created for fellowship. We, uh, I know it's cliche to say no man is an island, but seriously, no man is an island. And, um, you know, we need to do life together. We're, we're in this together. And you have, well, I don't want to speak for anybody, but for people that I know, um, you have a village. I have a village. And it's some, you know, sometimes I don't utilize my village the way that I should and I feel like I have to do it alone and so you know what recently happened it's just one of those moments right where you are you you find yourself in this place where you become overwhelmed and you're stressed whether it's stress from your job or you know um stress in the house just you know from the kids doing things getting on your nerves um things not being put away like they're supposed to you know, it's just a combination of everything and you're not sharing your feelings. You're not expressing what you're going through. And there's one little incident that happens that's like the final straw and that's the straw that breaks the camel's back and you find yourself making irrational um, decisions or decisions that are not in the best interest of yourself or of your family And now you have to deal with the consequences of those decisions and those choices that you made, right? And it's like, dang, why did I do this? Um, And you want to get out of it. But the thing is, is that what's more compelling uh, to me or that was tugging on my heartstrings watching my friend go through this ordeal is you didn't, it didn't have to get to this point. And I know I say that um, on the outside looking in, I know I say that, you know, they say hindsight is twenty twenty. You know, you look back and you're like, oh, things I could have done differently. But like, no, seriously, if we utilize the village that we have, if we utilize the support group that we have, and sometimes that support group isn't your family. Sometimes that support group is extended family or friends or it could be coworkers, wherever your support group is. Um, or maybe utilize them they're there for a reason you know um, and if you don't have one 
you know, pray and ask God to show you who that village is or show you who to connect with. Because seriously, the only time God ever said that um, something wasn't good was when he saw Adam alone. And he said that it was not good for man to be alone. And it wasn't just for Adam to have a wife, but it was for him to have a companion, for him to have someone to do life with. You know, there's several scriptures throughout the Bible that talks about how it's better to, you know, two are better than than one. You know, three is even better, like the three-fourth cold. Um, I always say that word wrong. Three, four, wait. <laughs> the cord, the three-strand three cord. Oh, my gosh, I can't say it. Um, but it, it talks about how if a person, um, when two people are together, they can keep each other warm, but one person by themselves, they can't. Or if um, one person falls into a ditch, but there's another person there, they can help them out. If they're by themselves, it's harder to get out. So there's several places, you know, it tells the Bible tells us to be at peace with everyone. You know, we're really forsake not the fellowship <laughs> of the brethren, like there's so many different scriptures that talks about us communicating and fellowshipping with one another and having those connections. And I know for me personally, as an introvert, it's it's hard sometimes to make connections with other people. Um, I'm one of those people that will walk into a room. I will scan to see if there's anybody that I know. And if I don't, I will sit at the table by myself and be comfortable the entire time. Um, but if I'm truthful with myself, I'm not comfortable because it would be nice to have somebody to talk to and to enjoy the evening with. Um, but I will sacrifice that enjoyment to just be by myself because I'm more, I don't want to say terrified, but I'm more hesitant to go and connect with somebody and talk to them because I just feel like I'm that awkward black girl, like seriously, but it's important for us to understand and and realize the importance of connection because it's better to express than suppress. I am a queen of suppression. Uh, well, let me rephrase that. I have been um, a queen of suppression. That is something that I have done all my life. And I've realized that I can't do that because I'm not helping anyone um, not even myself, not the person that I'm suppressing myself. I'm not helping anyone by suppressing. You have to express because you're carrying all of that weight on you from whatever the ordeal is. Uh, in high school, one of my nicknames was TikTok because they said, you know, Hannah, we never know where you're going to blow up. And in high school, that may have been cute. But when I really think about it, it's just like, no, that's not cute because Literally, it didn't matter who it was. If you were the person to press the last button, you got it. And, you know, that wasn't very becoming of a person who was saying that they're a child of God. Like, seriously, like I had to really think about those things and adjust my attitude. But even with adjusting my attitude, I think I learned how to control my temper better um, not to just blow up and go off on people, but I was still suppressing. I still suppressed um, even into my marriage. Uh, I'm, I re recently was talking to this uh, newlywed couple um, and they asked me, uh, you know, so what's your advice on, on marriage? And I told them, I said, as cliche as this may sound, I said communication. 
I said communication is really key. I said, but I didn't just leave it at communication for them. I explained to them that, you know, it's really important for you to allow yourself to become vulnerable with your spouse and to fight past what may be natural um, and express what it is that you're going through. I said, um, you know, I mentioned to them that I've been married for 13 years and uh, in those 13 years, I have had to learn that it is better for me to just be truthfully honest with my feelings versus suppressing them because suppression can lead to resentment, especially in a marriage. You know, um, Anthony is an over communicator. He I mean, which is a great thing. Um, sometimes it cannot seem as great <laughs> when I'm the one who has to listen because he like. But I know why he does it. He does it because he's trying to get me to communicate. And because I have not always been the best communicator in the relationship, when he over communicates, it gets on my nerves. But I have learned to understand that that's something that I need so that it forces me to communicate and to talk as well. But for for him being the over communicator, always expressing when something is bothering him or when something, you know, um, isn't right there was a point in our marriage uh, for a very long time that I resented him because I just like oh my gosh you're all you complain about everything you have something to say like these are not conversations that I actually had with him these were conversations that I was having in my head and so I would be like oh you know you're you're constantly like writing me about this or you're constantly talking about this like every time something bothers you you express it and you say it but you know, I don't say anything to you, you know, this conversation in my head. I'm like, I don't say anything to you. Like, oh, if you only knew the things that bothered me and that anger turned into resentment and I would resent him for expressing himself, not realizing the freedom that he was like living and enjoying by expressing himself and just like getting it off his chest and not holding it and so now I'm still holding my suppressed feelings but now I'm also holding this resentment and it just gets toxic it really does because um the best way that I've heard this uh described is like having a storage closet in your house and just throwing stuff inside of the closet but never checking it, never going through it, never organizing it, but you're just throwing stuff inside of this room till eventually it gets so full that it starts to push on the door and you can't even open the door anymore. And then one day when you do open it, all of the stuff just comes pouring out. And that's kind of like what happened, you know, with me uh, a long time ago. And it's kind of like what happened with my friend recently. It's just like everything was pouring on, pouring, pouring, pouring. And then the thing that broke the, that broke us, <laughs> it was something very minor, not even a major event, but it was just because it was, you know, like if you're blowing up a balloon and you stick a needle and it pops, it's, it doesn't matter. It doesn't take much. It's just that there was so much air inside of the balloon that the very little thing that touched it it just made it burst and I know for me it had a lot to do with the fact that I was just I was going through so much this was during a time where my parents were getting their divorce um or 
were separated and I really felt like I didn't have a sense of family. Um, to be honest, uh, my dad, uh, I'm, I'm a daddy's girl. I'll always be a daddy's girl, but my father is not the most, um, emotional and, um, like he is not until later that my dad and I really started talking to each other and and checking in on like emotional well-being um when I was a kid growing up my father was what I would consider a typical Jamaican man who's like I go to work I come home I provide for the family and it's good you know um there wasn't no hey I love you or hugs like there wasn't a lot of emotional support there from my father but I loved my dad. I loved my dad. And I, you know, enjoy spending time with him the way that we did. Like we spent time together with him showing me how to change the oil in the car, or change a tire, or we would go drive down to Miami and he would show me the buildings that he helped create it because my dad um, is a welder and a mechanic. And so he builds the pumps that they use to pump the water into like retention ponds so that they can, you know, build buildings and everything. So he would take me to see stuff. So that's how we spent time together. My emotional support really came from my mother. You know, my mom hugged on me, told me she loved me all the time. Like she checked in with my emotional well-being. Um, but during the time of my parents' divorce, it was really hard on my mom. And um, she didn't cope with it well. And um, or let me rephrase that. According to my like, according to my opinion, my thoughts. I don't think she coped with it well. And my mom was so engulfed with her feelings and what she was dealing with that she really wasn't there for me emotionally and she wasn't checking for, for me in that manner anymore. Um, and so I really felt alone. Um, my childhood best friend was there for me, but, you know, I felt like she was going through her own stuff. And, and we do that sometimes, right? Like when we're going through something, even though we have people in our lives who we know we can talk to and we know we could like share um, our our deepest, you know, thoughts or secrets with and everything. Sometimes we still hold back from sharing with them because we're like, oh, you know, I don't want to be a burden. They've are, they're going through their own stuff. I'm going to just, you know, keep it to myself. And that's projecting, right? Because we're projecting how we think that person is going to respond or going to react instead of just giving them the opportunity to set their own boundaries or to say whether or not, hey, I'm here for you, I see you, you know, it's, it's cool. And so anyways, I wasn't, I wasn't sharing. I wasn't sharing with anybody what I was going through. And I was, I was a teenager. I was in my senior year of high school, so I was like 17, um, 17 going on 18, I think, because I have a late birthday. So, um, you know, I was like always the oldest in my class, but that's not important right now anyways um so I I was going through the normal teenage stuff you know what I'm saying um with applying for colleges and you know just everything so everything on the normal teenage life and now having my parents go through a divorce and it just be very toxic throughout that whole ordeal it was a lot and I remember that day when I came, I came to school. And like I said, it's always like the littlest thing that could be what breaks the camel's back. 
in that particular day, I found out that um, I was being challenged for the first chair because I, I played um, saxophone. I was the first chair in the band. I was in um, marching band and concert band. And so I was being challenged for my seat. And I remember just thinking to myself and the person who was challenging me, you know, he was kind of cocky or whatever. Um, he and I had like one of those like hate relationships. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was cool, but there were times that he just got on my nerves. And this particular day was the day that he was getting on my nerves because he was being cocky about challenging me. And it's the way that he told me. And that was the last straw for me. And I was just like, I can't. I can't deal with this. This is this is too much. I just I don't even want to be here right now. I don't want to deal with this. And so I had made a very... um uh, I don't want to say dumb decision because that just sounds, I don't know. Um, but I didn't make the most, I wasn't using sound logic or reasoning uh, in, in the decisions that I made. And so I ended up putting myself um, in a situation that I regretted being in. It was just like, dang, why, you know? And it was all because I was dealing with a lot. I was a teenager dealing with a lot of emotions, not thinking clearly, not sharing what I was going through. And I found myself in a position where it was just like I messed up like this isn't what I should have done. And I remember um, my childhood best friend coming to me at the time and was just like fussing at me. Like, seriously, she was like, this was so selfish. Why would you do this? And I was just like, wait, what? <laughs> like in the moment, like, I think I still wasn't using very sound logic or reasoning. And so it was just like, why are you fussing at me right now? But now that I found myself in the place of her shoes with my other friend, I realized where it was coming from. It was coming from a place of like, dude, I care about you. I don't want to see anything happen to you. If you're going through something, why didn't you call me? Like, I'm supposed to be your friend. Like, why wouldn't you call your friend and tell your friend what you're going through so that they can be there for you? I may not always have the answers. You know, um, I may not have the best advice to give, but I'll at least be there and sit in the moment with you and, and tell you that, hey, this this doesn't feel good right now. It doesn't look good, but we know that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Like we know that God can turn this into a good situation. We just don't see it right now. And that's okay. Um, if we just sit here and cry for a moment, I will cry with you. Like, but you don't have to do this alone. And I, I remember, like, like I said, you know, the incident was a trigger for me. And I just remember, you know, even my godfather coming to me and he was like, you know, you could have came to me. You know, you could have talked to me. You could have told me what was going on. And I just felt all this disappointment from people. But it, the disappointment was a reminder that I had a village. I had a village that I could have utilized, but I didn't. And so, you know, I feel like through my experience and in watching what my friend recently went through, 
I feel a lot of times we find ourselves in these situations where I don't know, maybe it's because of of shame. Maybe it's because of fear of being, you know, judged or, you know, I don't know. But it's a fear of something that causes us to I think it's a it's a combination of a fear of something. And I think it's also, um, you know, just the lies of the enemy telling us that, oh, no, you are alone. Oh, no, there nobody cares about you. Nobody cares what you're going through or or the fact that we feel that when we are vulnerable, we're showing weakness when in actuality we're act, we're showing strength. You know, it takes strength to be vulnerable with somebody and to tell them what's going on with you. It takes strength to share what you're going through when it's something that could, you know, potentially bring you shame or embarrassment. And it doesn't really bring shame or embarrassment because we all go through stuff, right? We all go through periods of our lives where it's just like, wow, this is a lot. Like, for example... I was talking to another friend the other day and, you know, they were admitting to me that they have actually felt had moments of depression. And I don't know, in in the Christian world, it's like that's almost a cuss word to say that I'm depressed because, you know, it's just like, how can you be depressed? Like, you're supposed to count it all joy, rejoice in the Lord at all times. And again, I say rejoice. Like, you know, you're you're not supposed to be depressed, but you can. <laughs> and I don't think that we should make people feel bad if they find themselves depressed about a situation or that it's so bad that they may actually have to take medication for it. I would rather my friend take medication to help control their, you know, hormonal hormonal imbalance or, you know, help them get a handle on the depression versus hiding it and pretending like everything is okay and putting up a facade. Oh, yeah, I'm great. I'm blessed and highly favored in the Lord. And then the next thing I know, the person isn't here anymore. And it's just like, Where were the signs? What should I have looked for? Like, oh, my gosh, it's because we make people feel like they're not allowed to have feelings. I mean, Jesus didn't go through depression, but Jesus felt sadness. Jesus felt um, pressure. I mean, when it came closer to the time of his death, he was sweating tears of blood, you know, and he asked God, can this cup? Is there any way that this cup could pass me? Like he was like, I I really I don't think I want to do this anymore. Lord, is there another way? But then he said, nevertheless, your will be done. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, he is our example and he had feelings. So we have feelings, too. And there are times and moments that you may find yourself wondering, Lord, where are you? My faith has grown like very small the Bible says that all it takes is faith of a mustard seed, but sometimes it's hard to muster up that mustard seed. You know, when you're going through something, you may have gone through so many different things that it's just like, I can't see my way out. But that is why you need your village. That is why you need your support system to come, because just like when Moses was lifting his arms and, and the staff in order for the Israelites to win the battle, he grew tired. And every time his arms dropped, 
they started to lose. So it took his village, his support system to come and lift his arms up and keep them up so that the um, the Israelites could win the battle. Like that's the same thing. Think of yourself as Moses and think of your village as being those people that are holding your arms up. There may be times where you may feel like you can't even pray for yourself, but you can send a quick text to a friend. Hey, say a prayer for me. And you shouldn't always even have like if it's your your friend, if you know, if you got that intercessor in your life that you hey, all I got to do is send them a text. I know they're going to go in you know, for prayer for me. I don't even have to tell them what's going on because I don't need to know. I don't need to know what you're going through in order to pray for you. I can just pray for you and ask the Holy Spirit. Like God knows what you need. So I'm saying this because it's so important. It's so important to, to know that you do not have to do life alone. To know that you have people around you to support you and to be there and to guide you. And I get it. I do realize that there's some people out there who really just don't have a support system. But that's why it's important to fellowship, you know, and to make connections. Your support system may not be your family. Your support system may not be a childhood best friend that you have till this day. Like, in all honesty, I don't really have any childhood best friends or friends. I mean, I stay, I, I talk to certain people every now and again, but like having that friend where you can, you know, when people post on Instagram, hashtag 20 years together or something like, I don't have that. You know what I'm saying? I, I still stay in communication with my childhood best friend, but we're not as close as we used to be. But still to this day, she knows that if she ever needs me, I'm here for her. And I know if I ever need her, she's here for me. That's the thing. Like your your village doesn't have to necessarily be this group of people that you talk to on a regular basis. But you know your people who you can count on. You know what I'm saying? You know the people that you can pick up a phone and call and just be like, yo, I need to talk and they're going to be there for you. Or you know the people that, like I said, send that text. I just need you to pray for me, you know. And so it's just important. Like it's really been on my heart because I know what it's like to feel alone. I know what it's like to feel like you don't have anybody to talk to. I mean, in the beginning of my marriage, because I was um, up here, you know, away from my family. My family is down in South Florida and I moved to, to Central Florida. Um, I moved up here initially for school, uh, but Anthony and I were already in a relationship and he was already living up here, uh, working up at the church. And so you know, um, we got engaged and we ended up getting married and this became our home. And so we didn't have any family, like biological family here in the central Florida area. It was just me and him. And, you know, you go through marital counseling and they tell you about, you know, not telling mom and dad about what's going on between you and your spouse because when y'all make up and y'all lovey-dovey again, the parents still holding resentment or whatever, blah, 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 blah. So I was very careful about sharing, you know, uh, disagreements that Anthony and I may have. And in the beginning, there was a lot of disagreements because here it is. You have two individual people, two independent people learning to become one. And even though we were two 
independent people that had a lot in common there was a lot of stuff that we did not have in common and you know it's when you start living with a person that you really get to see that other foot (laughs) and so it was just it was difficult and so especially because of his position at the church I just felt like there wasn't anybody there that I could talk to because I'm big on I don't ever want to be the reason why somebody starts to look at you differently or see you differently like I want you to be that reason or for that person to figure that out for themselves you know um so a very I want to say probably a good seven years of our marriage I felt very much alone. I felt like there was nobody that I could talk to that I could just be like, oh my gosh, these wife life issues or, you know, when I became a mother, like these (laughs) mommy issues, like all of this stuff. Like I'm pretty sure, I'm not even pretty sure, I know that I had moments of going through depressions uh, throughout that time because I just felt so alone. And there were times where, I was just like, God, I can't even talk to you about this because I, I don't I don't even know what to say, you know. And so it wasn't until eventually God placed a person in my life who kind of branched me out to talk to other people. And we started this little group together and it was just the four of us and we would all connect. But through that connection, I've made even stronger connections because I got to know somebody on another level and realize how much in common she and I had. And then, you know, I had another friend who said something very profound to me. It wasn't to me specifically. She was um, a speaker at a conference and she was saying, like, who told you you had to do life alone? Like, who told you that because you're an introvert that you're supposed to have, like, this small circle of friends? Like, who told you that? Because God didn't tell you that. God told you that you're supposed to fellowship and forsake not the brethren. Like, God told you that you're supposed to go. So hearing her say those things, it made me realize, like, I really have to step outside of my comfort zone as an introvert because it's very natural for me to just keep to myself. I'm a very private person. I don't like to share too much information but I, I learned from Anthony very early on, even this was like when we were dating, it was before, you know, we even got um, engaged. But he said to me, he was just like, Hannah, how can God ever get the glory from your story if you never share? So that was one thing. So it's like, yeah, you want to be careful what you share. But at the same time, your story, your testimony, it ain't just yours. It's God's. It's about how he's brought you through. And so that how can they how can they have faith unless they hear and who are they going to hear it from? It has to come from us. Right. And then the other thing is, is that we're not meant to do this alone. We were meant and created for fellowship. That's why as much as we try to be by ourselves, it's this thing inside of us who wants to connect with other people. Even when we say, oh, no, I'm good. I'm by myself. Like, yeah, as an introvert, after I have mingled and talked to people for a while, I do need some time to myself so I can like just hoosah, decompress and get my thoughts together and reboot my energy because it's very draining for me to interact with people for a very long period of time. Like that's why they're, you know, for me, Sundays are my days that I just want to sit and chill at home. I don't want to go anywhere or do anything. I just need that day to prepare for the week, you know, because I'm going to be seeing students and talking to people or, you know, just coming off of a busy Saturday or whatever the case may be. I just need that one day where I can just 
<sighs> relax. So, yeah, even Jesus, you know, got away from the disciples for a little while and spent time with God by himself so that he could be refreshed. There's nothing wrong with that. But at the end of the day, he ended up back with the disciples talking to them, you know, teaching them about fellowship and connection. And that's the same thing that we have to do. We have to remember that we were not created to live life alone. We were not created to do it alone or to be this island. We were created for fellowship. Utilize your village. Do life together. We're all doing life together. Even that stranger that you may bump into on the store, like be mindful. You don't know what that person's going through. So if you just smile at them, you don't know how much that may brighten their day. That is how we are connecting and doing life together even with strangers that we meet on the street. You don't know how you can change a person's life. You saying good morning and acknowledging somebody as a human being as you're passing them on the sidewalk or you're passing them in the hallway at work, you don't know how much that could bless them. The fact that you may stop and actually say, hey, how you doing today? And take the time to show them that, hey, you're significant, you matter, and I do want to hear what you're talking, you know, how your day is going so far. Those little things can make a difference in a person's life. Just think about yourself. What's something that could make you feel different, you know, or be a blessing to you that somebody could possibly do? And so I say that because, you know, mental health has gotten a lot more awareness within these recent times. It's not something that was talked about a lot. But I just want to stress that the it's important to take care of the whole body. You know what I'm saying? Because when you're stressed out mentally, that does or mentally and emotionally, that can take a wear and tear on your physical body. And then you start having physical ailments. And it's not something that the doctors can pinpoint or find because it's like technically you're a clean bill of health. But it's not your physical, it's it's your mental or your emotional that is actually the trigger or the root cause of you having these physical ailments. So it's important, you guys. It's so important for us to make sure that we are taking care of ourselves, that we are expressing our thoughts and our feelings and what's going on and not suppressing it anymore because suppressing it doesn't help anybody. It is going to spring up eventually when you keep trying to press more and more and more down. It's just going to shoot up and you're going to find yourself in a situation where you're just like, man, if I would have just... So anyways, I hope you guys got something out of the podcast today. It's always my prayer that you do. Um, I want to say, hey, you guys, listen, even if you want to reach out to me, you know how to do it. Send in your listeners letters to um, hannahsworld00 at gmail.com. Uh, you may not want to write a review, uh, <laughs> you know, where other people can see it, but you can always message me on Facebook at Hannah's World 00, or you can DM me at, on Instagram at Hannah's World 00. I'm, I'm here to connect. Like I said, you don't have to do life alone. I do this podcast so that you guys can see that, hey, if she can do it, you can do it too. I'm here to share and to connect with you and to make sure that you know that, hey, you're not alone. I've gone through some of these things. Maybe there's some things that you've gone through that I haven't gone through, but I can still be there for you just to be a support, to be a part of your village. Um, I appreciate you guys. And so until next time, peace out, world.